Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Okay. Are you using the new computer? I am. So I can actually see the screen. Nice. Which is really awesome. (laughs) So are you ready to do this? I am. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to introduce this book? Let me just say that. So I said, like I shared the notes with you. Oh, yes, you did. And this happened last time also. I think when I share the notes with you, you're like changing my formatting or you're changing the font size or something. Oh, I am. It's a shared document. So anything you're doing is changing my document also. I'm so so sorry. Well, you can change it back. I do it to print it out. So I make the font smaller. I make the margin smaller. Yeah. So it'll fit on more less less pages. pages. Yeah. So I'm so sorry. I had no no idea. (laughs) willy-nilly <laughs> adjusting all your hard work yes and do you have a problem with that it's okay i just uh i put the font big because i just do it on the computer screen and because i have the computer like pushed back mm-hmm. from where i am because i have like the microphone like literally two feet from my face i just put the font up high it's fine okay. i'm just letting you know just don't delete stuff i don't care if you're like no. changing the size and stuff <laughs> I, I don't I don't delete anything. I wouldn't delete a word of this lovely document you sent me. <laughs> I laughed out loud, <sighs> I have to tell you, on multiple occasions when I printed this out. Well, good, because this book was very interesting and yeah, mm, it's okay. different. It's very different. <laughs> so uh let's not keep what listeners we may have in suspense. Let's tell them what this book is. Okay. So today's book is The Madge's Match by Finley Fenn. Yes, I love her orc books. I'm reading another one of her orc books right now, the midwife one. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're big fans of the orc series. Oh, dear God, yeah. Trash for so, orcs. Who'd have not? Who'd have thought it? Telling you, twenty twenty two is the year of the orcs. Apparently so, because I can't get enough of them. So yeah, this one is. There's no orcs in this book, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. But it's a series that she has about mages, aka mm-hmm. witches. Yeah. So it's about witches. That's good. Okay. So do you want me to start? Oh yes. So in the prologue, we have a girl named. Selby. She is working at a shop wagon and a customer is discussing someone named Regin Agmund, who he says his magic is quote unquote fucked. Mm, yes. <laughs> so Regin Agmund is a very famous 
Air Madge. So this man that's at the shop wagon, he starts questioning Selby about her own magic. Uh, she has some earth magic. And that kind of freaks her out because she's like of a lower class in society and she's not really supposed to have magic or she's not supposed to discuss it it's kind of taboo sort of well i think so, she's supposed to register with the government and she has not because her magic is a little weird okay yeah so she gets a little freaked out that he's asking her about her magic this guy ends up telling her that he's actually a member of something called the coven for magical advancement and he then tells her that his name is klaus Kettle and Agmund is his protege and Agmund is a very rare lightning caster. And like I said, he's an air mage. Yes. Agmund's magic has been diminishing over the course of a year and they've been doing some research into solutions to his difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> Kettle, yes, I have. Oh yeah. So their solution involves Selby. Mm-hmm. Kettle tells her that his re research has led them to her because she has the closest affinity to Agment of any other human on this continent. He then offers Selby a three months long term to stay at the coven and work with Agment. And, you I, know, I, I, right there, I had a question. It's like, how does he know that her magic is the closest to his when she's not registered? How does he even know about her? But okay. That's a good point. I didn't really think about that. Mm. We don't have time to dwell on that. Though, yes, right. Yes. What Kettle means by working with Agmund, he means the most ancient form of labor, sex work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i like, what? Uh, what? I wasn't expecting this. So he says that basically because she's an earth mage, she can ground him. Oh, yeah. Through physical touch all sorts of physical touch mm -hmm. and help with his magical issues. Yes. She's like a uh, earth match version of Viagra, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she does actually turn him down, but he tells her, let him know once she changes her mind. And that's how the prologue ends. Yes. So then chapter one starts a little less than two weeks later and Selby is exiting a caravan. She's got basically one piece of luggage with her and she's trudging up the steps to the coven. So something obviously happened for her to change her mind like Kettle said she would. Yeah, what a quinky dink. Mm-hmm. So the guy at the door tries to tell, no, the guy at the door tries to turn her away, but she hands him a 10-page contract that she has <laughs> and he does, in fact, open the door once he realizes who she is. Yes. And as soon as she walks through the door, she's met by the housekeeper called Miss Odin. And she's going to take her through. But as soon as she walks through the gate, there's something odd going on. It's like somebody shoved a, something rotten in her face. And she goes, oh my God, what is that smell, Miss Odin? So the housekeeper's like, oh, the kitchens bake fresh bread every day. <laughs> and yeah. Selby's like, no, this smells like death. It's yeah. definitely not bread. Yes. And she's all, that's impossible. We scrub that kitchen. Yeah, she's like, the kitchen is very clean. I don't know what you're talking about. So there's this weird overpowering stink that's happening as soon as Selby gets there that nobody else smells. Right. 
Shortly after she arrives, she finally meets Reg and Agmund. She describes him as tall. He's striking. He has cropped hair so blonde it's almost white. A crooked nose, a pale face, and blue eyes. Selby herself is the exact opposite of him. Something referred to as a peddler. She has dark skin, dark hair, and dark eyes. Yeah, apparently everyone at this coven is from the Aryan race, except for her. All peddlers look like this, I guess. I think she's supposed to be like a gypsy. Right. I, I think that's why he's they're referring to her as a peddler, because mm -hmm. she, she sells stuff out of this cart. So it's very racist slash yeah. classist slash what have you. Right. Um, <laughs> How dare she have dark hair and, and show up on their doorstep? Mm-hmm. She doesn't look like anybody else there, really. Mm-hmm. So she definitely stands out. Um, they inform her that she's supposed to be staying in Agmin's room. He's not thrilled by that. And he tells her she needs to sleep on the floor. Yeah. He's a great guy from yeah, the get-go. Yeah, from the get-go, this guy. Selby asks him if that if she can put some of her things away because she's an earth mage. She has some things that mean stuff to her and help her magically. He's not thrilled with it, but he says that she could have a couple of her things, that she needs to shove her clothes at the bottom of the wardrobe, and that the servants are going to put everything else she owns in storage. Yeah, I have treated shit on the bottom of my shoe better than this guy has treated her her from the get-go he's not thrilled with her at all or anything having to do with the situation which i thought was very interesting because she's supposed to save his ass he's the one in trouble and needs her i'd be all look dude i'm here to save your ass Maybe it's because he's the fit most famous air madge, so he's supposed to be entitled and he's okay. pissed off that he needs help. I don't know. And can I, I have to just quickly mention her, the things that she puts out. One of the things that she puts out is the skull of her sweet little dog named Scamper who died. What the hell? So not only is she an earth madge, but she can tell the history of things by touching them basically. Yeah. So holding his skull gives her like warm memories. She can get memories of their time together something well let me tell you i have lost uh, multiple dogs because i've had a ton of dogs in my life a few of them have been traumatically devastating i have never once thought of keeping that dog's skull to hold it and get memories i have pictures for that well maybe they don't have pictures where these matches are <laughs> well let let's sketch something with a pencil and paper I just thought it just creeped me out. I thought that was yuck. It is kind of creepy. All right, go ahead. So when it's time for bed, she ends up sleeping on the floor with no pillow or blanket because of, <laughs> like we said, Agmund is an asshole, so he won't give her anything. Mm-hmm. And she, As keeps, if, she keeps telling herself, I can do this. I can do this for three months. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. That's her mantra. So only three months, like you said. So she's just going to grin and bear it and keep going. So as if her sleeping arrangements aren't bad enough, she's woken up repeatedly mm -hmm. by Agamond making actual lightning storms in their room to the 
point where there's lightning strikes happening in different areas of the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, while he's asleep, he doesn't, he's having nightmares and his magic is going crazy. It's terrible mm -hmm. and <laughs> horrifying. Yes. <laughs> Nobody wants to sleep in a room with lightning. It turns out that part of the reason that Agmund is such a dick to her is that he had to break up with his longtime girlfriend in order to try this three-month experiment with Selby. But it's not her fault. Exactly. Okay. Um, but he doesn't care. He's still, I don't know. It's like he blames her. He's just mad at everybody, I guess. Yeah, mad at the world. This book read like an academy, like high school age yes! romance. But it's not. Because they're, I think they're supposed to both be in their 20s. Yeah. And he works there. It's not a school. Like the coven to me felt like a school. Yeah. But it's not. It's a place of business. This took bullying, high school bullying to a whole new level. Because yeah. that's exactly what I thought. I'm reading a freaking high school book. But go ahead. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of that too. Okay. So she gets to go to breakfast after that horrible night of sleep with him. And after breakfast, she has to go to the doctor to get checked out for infections and put on birth control. Because like we said, she's supposed to be having sex with him nonstop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. So now we're at chapter four. And like I said, they start fucking constantly so constantly i took the liberty of numbering and <laughs> slightly detailing all their sexcapades because yes. there were so many so many she took her job very very seriously the first time they have sex she's a virgin by the way yeah she's on top and he refuses to touch her he goes a very long time without putting in any effort or touching her at all he won't even look at her Mm-hmm. He lays as on his back on the bed. Yeah. And as soon as they're done, he just tells her to like go away or yeah, he'll get out. He either tells her to go away or he himself goes away. Mm -hmm. Um, in between all this fucking they do, they do a lot of fighting with each other and they're constantly calling each other asshole and bitch. Yes. So if like slight degradation kink is your thing, you would love this book. And wait, I, I have to so I have to go back just for a second about her being a virgin, which I hate that. He doesn't know she's a virgin. And so he just lays on her back and makes her do everything, even undo his pants. And there is a line in the book, which I thought was so yucky, where she is pulling his pants down and she sees his dick. And it's the first time she's seen a dick. And this is how they describe it. It was small, pale, soft looking, surrounded by light brown curls. And I thought that is the most unattractive <laughs> description of a dick I have ever heard in my life. And she's supposed to get him to fuck her. I agree. I think he was supposed to not be hard at this point and he had to like get himself in the zone. Yeah. And it just goes more to the fact of how he's not into it at all. Yes. I, that is probably why they put that description in there. But I thought that is disgusting. Mm hmm. All right. So the first time, like I said, she's on top. She's a virgin. Second time, she's on top again. Third time, she's on top again. <laughs> Fourth time, she's on top again. <laughs> I'm going to list every time that I noticed they were having sex up to a certain point because yeah. every sex scene was detailed. Yes. 
doors fully open, pages upon pages. Yeah. Sometimes they were having sex right after one another. It was a lot. So in between the sexcapades, during the day, Agamemnon disappears and does whatever he's doing. And she is wandering the grounds of the coven. Uh, We never get Agamemnon's point of view. So we don't, we kind of know what he's doing during the day. Because like I said, Selby's brand of magic, she can touch things and kind of figure out what's happening. And she's starting to form weird bond with him Mm -hmm. so she kind of knows where he is around the coven and kind of what he's doing yeah but i don't think for him it works in the reverse does it it's just like a one-way thing it's a one it's part of her magic yeah okay so he's off doing his own thing she's wandering the grounds of the coven kettle and ends up introducing her selby to a woman named augusta morley she's the director of the earth magic department and turns out miss morley is understaffed and wants selby to help analyze some objects Mm -hmm. Uh, they have more sex time number five she's on top (laughs) time number six she's on top again Mm -hmm. selby (laughs) ends up getting some friendships going with some people in the coven because like i said during the day she has all this time in the world to do whatever she wants and agamond has insisted that they not be seen together. So most of their interactions are sexual and in his bedroom. Yeah, so he doesn't even want people to see her walking to his bedroom. Mm-hmm. Don't have people see you come in. Don't have people see you leave. Don't talk about us having sex. I mean, nothing <laughs> is more of a turn on than a guy <laughs> hating your guts. <laughs> yeah, and thinking you're d- a disease-ridden slut. Exactly. Good God. So her friendships start to develop with a couple other members of the coven, this guy named Runar and a girl named Thora. She also meets a couple other people named Fasta and Hendrik. Those people work with Morley. Uh, One of the times that she's wandering around the coven during the day, she spots a random girl in the hallway who kind of looks like a peddler like her. Yes. But she's acting very weird very shifty and she ends up running off before selby can get to know her name or anything about her Mm -hmm. one of the times that selby and agmund have a fight so bad about the smell that she's insisting is happening and that random girl in the hallway agmund ends up kicking her out of the room and telling her to come back in the morning and sleep somewhere else yeah he won't even let her sleep on the floor Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so okay She ends up going to Morley's workshop and asking Morley if she can stay there. She ends up falling asleep in the workshop. And when the morning comes, she's so ill that the other workers find her and they have to call a healer. She's so sick, it takes her three days to heal. But she barely recovers from whatever this mystery illness is Mm -hmm. before she ends up jerking him off. So time number seven is actually a hand job. (laughs) Then they have a lot of things back to back. Time number seven is the hand job. Time number eight is her on top again. Time number nine is them on their side. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) they're creative, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. And when they're done, he usually says to her, get off me, get out. He slowly goes from ignoring her, kicking her out of the bed, him leaving 
to slowly letting her stay in the bed after they've done things. Very slowly. Very slowly. So much <laughs> verbal abuse. It's mind-blowing to me. Yeah, he'll have his dick inside her, but she can't be in his bed. It's a double standard if I've ever heard one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah, great. So when she finally emerges from his room at some point, she speaks to Kettle about the smell. Kettle actually suggests that maybe she is the one causing the smell herself some sort of like guilt subconscious yes. mm. magical fuckery yes and she's like oh this is gaslighting if i've ever fucking oh seen my god it. isn't it i know are, are you sure that you smell something maybe it's you creating the smell classic yeah so after he gaslights her thoroughly mm -hmm. he offers her three times her initial payment to stay on for additional six months. Yeah, because she, apparently her fucking him is helping his magic stabilize. Oh, is it ever? Because yeah. <laughs> he's offering him three times the payment for six months. Mm -hmm. So she says yet again that she has to think about it because like we said, Agman's a complete asshole and the coven smells like shit. So yes. <laughs> what is she really getting out of this? I don't no. know. Yeah. Other than the money. But we do find out at some point that the reason she ended up agreeing so quickly and coming is because mysteriously her, her mother and her brother's wagons all caught on fire and everything was destroyed. What a coincidence. I wonder how that happened. No idea. Mm. <laughs> so she's like, well, this bad thing of bad luck happened. I guess that I... I'm going to have to, and what mother lets their daughter sell their body to save the family? Why is it her like responsibility I, to get their family out of a freaking financial hellhole? I don't know. This is another reason it read like a young Academy story. Selby's in her 20s, right? I don't think we yeah. know their exact ages, but yeah. she's not a child. Right. But she's basically being sold into this like sex slavery ring to save the family. Yeah, she's volunteering to do this. So she's a giver, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she is. She gives him orgasms. She mm -hmm. gives the family the financial stability. Yes. And she's becoming addicted to him and having sex with him because it's so good. It's been about six weeks at this point of her being in the coven. Like I said, their routine consists of him leaving in the morning, staying gone all day until the evening. They only meet up again in the evening in his room and interact there. Still, their interactions are fucking, fighting, and gradually getting to know one another. Either her getting to know him because she's constantly touching him. Yes. Or because they are talking a little bit. She spends her days waiting for Ackman and working in Morley's shop. Uh, he ends up returning to the room wasted one night. And she bargains <laughs> with him mm -hmm. to have a second shelf mm -hmm. in his room for more of her mystery items. In exchange for her finally giving him a blowjob. Right. So time number 10 is a blowjob. Time number 11 is a blowjob. Again... Mm -hmm. And time number 11 is oral for her, her on top of him. Yeah. So 10, 11, 12, those all happen back to back or private to face, I should yes. say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. After they've done all of this oral with each other, it's like the very next day, he ends up confronting her about why she's actually taking on the contract. Mm-hmm. Well, why does he care at the six week mark? I don't know, but he does. He's super pissed off. She insisted that she needed the money and that was the only reason. He tries to tell her that Kettle said that she approached him because she wanted to be with a famous air match, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And like you said, turns out about a week after Kettle made her the offer that she had to think about, all her family shit went up in flames and her younger <laughs> brother got some lung damage from the smoke. Coincidental timing, if ever there was. Yes. Suspicious. Mm-hmm. So time number 12, he's finally having sex with her with him on top. Mm-hmm. And then time number 13, she's on top of him again. So, okay, let me just tell you, I'm pointing all of these out because these are all in vivid detail, like I said. And at this point, they've had 13 different sexual encounters and we're only 47% into the book. <laughs> <laughs> this book had the most sex in it of any book I've ever read in my entire life. And horrible sex. And I also want to note, do air mages have the best sexual stamina of any mage in the history of ever? Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he does. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. So Selby ends up seeing that mystery girl from the hallway again, except this time she's dead. And yeah. Selby makes the mistake of actually touching the girl's body. Because she can read things uh, by touching people, right? And she's yeah, she's trying to touch her to see if she can kind of get a glimpse of what happened mm -hmm. to her. But Runar ends up getting really, really pissed at Selby because now that she's touched the girl, her, I think he calls it a magical signature, is now going to be on the girl's dead body and it's not going to look good for her. Yeah, I didn't understand this at all. It's like she's committed the gravest of sins because she touched somebody. Whoring? Okay. Murder? <laughs> Yeah, suspected, allegedly murder. So now we go from tons of sex to murder trial. Mm-hmm. Because now Selby is put on trial for murder of the mystery girl. She insists that she had nothing to do with it. Turns out there was a secret tunnel or some sort of passageway between the coven itself and the gardens that the coven has. I think this is another reason it felt like an academy book because she's constantly leaving the coven to go walk in the gardens. Okay. I don't know any government buildings that have gardens so nice <laughs> to walk around them all day long, but mm. maybe in this magical society. Yeah. So Selby spent a lot of time in the garden. She insists she did that because the coven itself smelled like shit. They say, oh no, you were in that garden all the time because you were using these tunnels to meet up with the mystery girl to do who knows yeah, what. We don't need evidence. Uh-huh. We, we can go on conjecture. Conjecture. So they have somebody, one of the matches there can kind of tell if you're lying. He's like a match lie detector test mm -hmm. so he starts saying she's telling the truth but then when she starts panicking so much conveniently his lie detector abilities don't work oh god so then he says well you're so freaked out right now that i can't tell if you're lying or not it's like well then what fucking good are you you're right yeah is she the only good match there she can fuck agman's abilities back into him right but this guy at the table can't tell if she's lying or not right like, come on <laughs> 
Anyways, so they end up finding her guilty and they say that they're going to haul her to, I think, the capital and strip her of her magic, whatever that means, but it sounds horrible. Yes, it does. Morley ends up offering to take Selby back to her room so she could pack up some of her things to take with her before they take her away. I don't see what the point is of her taking her things. It almost sounds like a death sentence, but right, whatever. Yes. So when she's in Agamemnon's room, she ends up writing him a note asking Agamemnon if he can return all of her personal items to her mother. And she hides it in a drawer in Agamemnon's room. Then she leaves the room to go with Morley to this capital location. But Morley ends up taking them in some sort of secret passageways and a hidden location because surprise, Morley is actually the one behind everything. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> So Morley, like we said, she's the head of the Earth Madge, Earth Madges. She actually has a bunch of Madges chained to a wall under the coven doing some sort of Earth magic to drain Agment of his powers. She's actually the reason why Selby needed to come to this place to begin with. And the coven smelling bad to Selby is like collateral damage of the draining of Agamemnon's power that's been happening. So they have a like big battle. Selby barely survives. Morley ends up getting defeated. Agamemnon's injured in the process. All these things are happening right towards the last two thirds of the book. Probably they're not having sex in the middle of it. They had to stop having sex so they could get the murder charges cleared. Oh, all right. They finally get through all of that and Agme and... No. Agment and Selby insist that they're leaving the coven for good because they want to be together forever. Of course. Kettle, though, is like, I won't let you leave. Of course he doesn't want Agment to leave. Agment's the best air match they've ever had. And Agment has been doing all these assignments for the coven that involve like killing people, which basically the soldiers could do that, but they're making Agment do yeah. it because it's quicker. So Selby is actually able to use her magic in conjunction with Agmund to strip Kettle of his memories and Kettle basically forgets them and just lets them leave. They end up leaving the coven together and they start a new life and the epilogue involves them working as basically private investigators and having more sex. Yeah, brother. (laughs) (laughs) So that's like the quickest summary of a book I think we've ever done. Yes, it is. But I could not talk in detail about this book with all of the sex scenes and everything that happened. So, so apologies. <laughs> well, let me apologize to you because I forced my book myself to read this book because I could, my eyes were rolling so much that they were almost permanently frozen that way. And I stopped reading after chapter 12. I could not take it. Oh, wow. Did you, uh, did you finish it at all? No, you're saying you stopped at 12? I read your notes to see how it ended because I, I honest to God felt like I was being tortured. I felt like I was reading the same goddamn thing over and over and over. They'd have sex. He'd be an asshole to her. Everybody was mean to her. And, you know, I don't like those kinds of high school. I won't read that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that's what it was. 
it really did read like an academy romance, even though it wasn't because like you're saying, everyone looked down on her because she's a peddler and she's not one of them. And it's like, are you guys in high school? Yeah. Her or dresses, are you her, adults? Yeah. Her dress, her clothing was patchwork dresses. Like what is she on little house on the prairie and everybody <laughs> couldn't stand her because of her dress. Nobody could appreciate the fact that she was saving his ass. Yeah, I agree. I had a, so I did finish this book and I had a really hard time finishing this book. Wow. And you finish all books. So this book is 335 pages long and I'm not kidding when I say it's mostly fucking. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It was too, it was actually too much sex. It was too much sex. And I never <laughs> thought I would say that about anything, but yeah, it, it absolutely was. And I was shocked because I love her. I love Finley Fenn so much. I love her orc books so much. They're the best freaking books. They're super hot. Could not believe, you know what I should have done? I should have looked to see what year this book was released as opposed to the orc book. I didn't do that. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I actually liked this book more what? once the murder mystery thing started happening. Like once I was past all the sex they were having, I liked it more. By the time I got to that point, I was just over it. I'm like slogging. It was like a slog to get through the pages and the sex scenes and the yeah. constant calling of each other asshole and bitch and yeah, the different verbal abuse. Like, Yes, constant. And that's I, just I, not me. I don't like perpetuating men degrading women and then you redeem them and you end up falling in love with them. I don't like that. I think it perpetuates a myth that just is not true. And I think it's harmful for women in general to believe that it's possible to do that because it's not. Mm -hmm. People do not change and you are not going to save him. Walk the fuck away. The sex really killed it for me with this book, unfortunately, because I do like this author. And I actually liked the second half of the book more than I liked the first half. This could have been to me like some sort of like 200 page novella or something. Mm -hmm. If we took out all the sex and it mm -hmm. had maybe a couple scenes, I would have liked it way more. And this is only book one. So book two is going to be, I I won't read it. I won't even look at it. But I'm wondering, you know, is book two just them having sex again? Are they still swearing at each other while they're having sex? I mean, it's like once he found out that he she was a virgin, it made all the difference in the world to him for one time that they had sex where he felt bad and said, oh, I didn't even make it good for you. And I think, mm -hmm. that's, that, I think that's when he went down on her. And then he was mad at her for being a virgin. And he was constantly gaslighting her and telling her, I'm not going to talk about anything we do, but then and backstabbing her and spilling his guts saying I have to bleach my brain after even seeing her naked I'm like oh my god <laughs> holy shit yeah. he was always having interactions with his friends and even his ex-girlfriend and putting her down yes okay are you trying to maintain your friendships with these people because you're trying to act like you're too good for everything instead of appreciating her and the fact that she's actually helping you do things he says he's done things after being with her that he's never done before magically i mean so oh my god is he not he doesn't appreciate her at all no okay do you have a rating for this or no because you didn't finish it you don't want oh, to rate I, it. I rated what i read okay so what do you rate the first like 
half of it or whatever. I, I think I can rate this whole book. I, I rate this zero panties. Okay. Yeah, I hated this book. I hated this book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would probably give this like two dry panties because I didn't like the sex scenes at all. I'm not into degradation kink like at all. It's a huge turnoff for me. And I really only give it two panties because of the last half of the book. I did kind of like how the mystery unfolded mm -hmm. and the action. And it really picked up in the latter half of the book. But like I said, it was a slog to get there. And if I wasn't reading it for the podcast, I would have stopped reading this book. Yeah, even because of the podcast, I still couldn't, <laughs> I still couldn't finish it. It's like if I read one more time that it stunk in that building, the smell, the smell, the smell, the smell. Okay, it stinks. We get it. It's stinky building, bitch, asshole, riding his cock, rinse and repeat. Yes. <laughs> yes, that summarizes it. I agree. But I will say, I was assuming that book two was somebody else. I was kind of hoping that book two was maybe Regin, not Regin, that's the main character. What's his name? Runar. Oh, yeah. I was kind of hoping book two was Runar and is it Thora that he was constantly having some sort of flirtation with? Yes. I'm hoping maybe book two is them and that they have a different interaction and maybe it'll read completely different than book one did. Are you going to read book two? I don't know if I will, but I'll look it up and see which characters it is. If it's these characters, I'm not interested. If and it's what, the other characters, maybe. Is he a, ne a, ne a necromancer? I don't know. Kind of. He does some weird things with the bodies that of people that like die. It's kind of gross. <laughs> so uh, who was the girl? Who was the dead body girl? The girl from the hallway? Yeah. Who was she? So she actually came to the oh yeah i don't think we ever said did we no she came to the castle not cat see i keep calling it a castle because i feel like it's academy yeah she came to the coven to work for morley because she was one of the mages that was supposed to be doing this earth under the coven chained to the wall sort of shit for morley so, so why she, wasn't she chained to the wall with everyone else? Why was she free? Why was she not running away then and then telling everybody, help, asking for help that they're chained in the cellar? Well, one of the things that was a byproduct of... Oh, because you didn't read this. That's why you don't know. Part of the thing that was happening to the mages chained to the wall was that they Morley would have a healer show up once a month or once in a while to uh, renew this like um, sedated state that she had these mages in oh, and part of that made it so that they couldn't leave and if they told anybody what was happening to them they died instantly oh, brother. So, so in a sedated was, state they could do all of this magic and drain his magic. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were kind of like the... Do you remember Minority Report where there were those people in the pods and they were like put under... Do you remember that movie along, from a long time ago? No. I don't remember yesterday. Okay. <laughs> well... Yeah, they they're, they were kind of like that, I think. So they were sedated, but still aware to, I, enough to do the magic, I guess. I don't know anybody else, but anytime I'm sedated, I'm asleep. Well, these, so I just pictured these people chained to the wall with their hands on the wall. So they were like waiting for a police pat down. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, they must have been tired of standing. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I also like the fact in this book that he never, ever fucking believed her when she said there was a smell, that there's something odd going on here, that, you know, your friends threw rocks at me. You know, it's just fucking unbelievable. Yet, you know, he would say, you're a liar. They That wouldn't happen. Blah, blah, blah. Come fuck me. And she would just be jolly on the spot. Oh, yeah. Yes, she was. She jumped all over his pogo stick. Yes, she did. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sorry because I really hate to say bad things about her writing. But, oh, my God, was really a, not a good book. Yeah, like I said, if you were into this sort of verbal sparring that they did. And it was a lot of hate fucking. So if you like hate fucking and the talking down to each other while they're doing it, you would absolutely love this book. Is that a thing? Is that like a a theme in books that you can actually, (laughs) I mean, yeah. Oh my God. Cause you have, then you have the opposite where people are into the praise kink where it's like, you're a good girl or things of that nature. So you have that. I would much rather read that than something like this. That's like, you're a dirty whore and a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Anybody calling me a good girl would just creep, make my skin crawl. I would still prefer that to what's happening in this book. I can't handle if somebody like in real life was like, you're a bitch. I'm not trying to fuck them. You outright. I agree. If somebody in real life is telling me I'm a good job. Okay, then. (laughs) (laughs) Positive reinforcement goes a long way. This is true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, it's the sandwich technique. The praise, criticize, praise comment. If you have something bad to say, you better preface it with a good comment and end it with a good comment. I don't know. That's just me. That's my personal preference. I would rather read a book about that than read a book about this. It's just made me annoyed. Yeah, it did. All right. So I guess that's that. That is that. Do you want to announce the next book? Because it's by your favorite person. It is by my favorite person. And you know, I'm now reading three books at once because... Oh, geez. Well, I started the next Rebecca Hefner book in the series of the vampire series. I started that next book. And then I thought, well, I want to start the orc book again. So I started an orc book by... Finley Fan again. And then I just happened to look on our list to see what our next book was. And I'm like, oh my God, it's the Ruby Dixon book I wanted to read. <laughs> Why did I not look at this, <laughs> this list sooner? So I started that book last night. Okay. Yeah. So tell everybody what that book is. The Corsairs. Mm-hmm. How do you say his name? Adiron. Oh, is that his name? Yeah. Adiron. Adiron's his name. Oh, okay. Uh, so this book set is so there's three brothers in this book. They're Corsairs, which is a space pirate. And this one uh, talks about the first brother. And this is by Ruby Dixon. And because I follow her on Facebook and Instagram, a lot of her followers love this series. And I've been really looking forward to getting into this series since I have finished all, <laughs> all of her other books. Uh, and I'm hoping that this book hooks me like the Ice Planet Barbarian series and the Ice Home series did. I'm sure it will. And like you said, if it's only three brothers, maybe there's only a few books in the series. 
Well, I need a lot more. I need her to write more. In fact, I commented that I finished the new book 16 in the Ice Home book, which was Daisy's Decision. I read it, I think, in a day and a half. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, she needs to get to work on the next book. (laughs) (laughs) She's not prolific enough for me. I think I've read more of her books than anybody else's. I think I've read 36 or 37 of her books. Oh, wow. Yeah, because even J.R. Ward doesn't have that many in that series. No, she doesn't. She's another one that needs to get cracking. (laughs) (laughs) In the the, the Brotherhood, the Vampire series. The Dagger Brotherhood series. Because as soon as they come out, I read them in a day. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah, that's hilarious. What are you reading? So I am reading a book called Sweet Punk by Lila James. Um, it's book three in the Shadow River Elite series. That is an academy romance. It's a mm. contemporary uh, college-based. I think they're all like 20 years old and they're all in college. But that's the last book in the series. So I'm reading that. And Are they as mean? Are they as mean as this, uh, the book we just finished? So in this book... They are not mean to each other. But in book, I want to say it's book number one in this series. It was enemies to lovers. And I do like enemies to lovers. Not to this extent. Not not in this. Not in the like, I'm calling you a see you next Tuesday or a bitch yeah, or yeah. whatever. That's not, that doesn't do it for me. But I do actually like enemies to lovers. So yeah, I like some of them too, but I, I don't like it to this extent. It's too much. So I'm reading that and then I'll probably either start on the Ruby Dixon book or see if I could try to read one other like quick book before I dive into that one. You'll probably still finish it before me. Uh, we'll see. I just haven't really been, I've actually been reading, like watching more TV lately. You need to watch that movie I told you about, Odd Thomas. I, I saw it several times and I never clicked on it. And then I watched the a little of it and I thought, oh my God, this movie is good. Okay. Yeah. You have suggested a lot of good things for me lately so i know i have a lot of stuff i need to be doing (laughs) listen to your mother yeah i mean it's he can see the dead there's a lot of there's comedy there's drama there's romance i really like that movie you should watch it okay i'm gonna try to paint today i think well actually i think i'm gonna end up starting a new embroidery thing that i got because i need i i thought i ordered white graphite paper for my artwork and I opened it up today all excited that I'm going to start on this new project. And it's not graphite paper. It's freaking tracing paper. That's weird. Yeah. So I went back to my Amazon order because I thought I had ordered black carbon paper and white carbon paper. But no, this stupid kit had black carbon paper and white tracing paper. So I'll be using it to wrap gifts in. (laughs) Because I I don't need it. So now I have to wait till tomorrow or the day after when Amazon delivers. So I'm probably just going to work on needlepoint work today. Mm, Since it's been too damn hot and humid to go outside and work in the garden. It has been really hot and gross out. Yeah, I hate it. All right. Well... I'm going to start doing some other random things and then I'll try to edit this soon so we can get it out. Yeah. Good luck to you. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye, honey. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple podcast. Our email 
is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Thank you.